It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. The Evening Standards launched its Lockdown Sessions video series with major names in politics, business and culture talking about the biggest issues of the day. The latest edition is available on our YouTube channel right now and features London Mayor Sadiq Khan talking about the challenges the city faces during this coronavirus pandemic. He also speaks about his own mental health challenges and how he hopes others will get and give support as the capital faces an unfolding crisis. In this edition of The Leader, we're running a shorter version of that conversation. Go to our YouTube channel for the whole thing. He's interviewed by our columnist, Aisha Hazarika. Now, it's been a bit of a grim week in terms of how the, the COVID story is unfolding. We hit this very tragic milestone of um, 100,000 deaths and, of course, large number of deaths in, in, in the capital. Your sort of reaction to, to that, first of all? Well, it's heartbreaking. Uh, it's not just the number. In, in London, we've lost more than 13,000 Londoners. That means there are 13,000 families who are grieving, who are bereaved. I've lost a couple of friends. One age, only 53. No underlying health issues. He leaves behind four children. Another friend I lost, he's just north of 60. Uh, he's, he's left behind a, a widow. And so I think there aren't many Londoners who haven't experienced either the virus themselves or know somebody who's lost their uh, lives, and it's heartbreaking. I noticed back in April when I was, I often write letters to bereaved families. I recognised some of the names as being names that are clearly names of ethnic minority Londoners. And so I started asking questions. I asked the Equalities and Human Rights Commission to investigate uh, whether there was disproportionality and they've agreed to do so. And what's clear now uh, and confirmed in relation to both first wave uh, and what we're seeing now is there a disproportionate number of black, Asian, minority ethnic people losing their lives. One of the things that this awful virus has both exposed and exacerbated are the structural inequalities, uh, and frankly speaking, the institutional racism that still exists in, in our wonderful city in 2020, 2021. It's exacerbated it. Uh, and that's why you're seeing the numbers you're seeing in relation to those who are catching the virus and those who are losing their uh, lives. And this has got to be a wake-up call because the bad news here also is this pandemic isn't going to be the last one there is. And so what can't happen the next time there's a global pandemic is we see the same things happening again. That's why it's really, really important uh, that there is a public inquiry, there is a reckoning, and we can take steps to ameliorate some of these structural inequalities that exist in our society. I mean, the Prime Minister is saying now is not really the time for a public inquiry. Well, of course, we will have a, a lessons learned inquiry. We will look at 
uh, everything that is that has gone wrong uh, or and gone right. We will try to work out what we can do to do things better in future. Of course, that's the right thing to do. I have to say, I don't think that would be a good use of official time at the moment. We've just been having a long discussion about uh, the uh, very, very pressing need to ramp up uh, our testing operation. Do you agree with that? If, you, if there were to be one, when would you want there to be one? I can understand why our focus has got to be getting a grip with the pandemic. Our focus has got to be getting the vaccine rollout. My, my concern, though, about delaying this reckoning is we're not learning in real time things we could be learning uh, to avoid things getting worse or, or, or replicating mistakes made in the past. I think we should, the, the, the Prime Minister should now be, be setting out what the public inquiry is going to be, who's going to conduct it, what it's going to entail, because it's really important we don't allow this to go on, because what we don't want is in three, four, five years' time having the recommendations made for a public inquiry. It's going to happen as soon as possible. Looking at lessons around the world in relation to how they're examining uh, how they dealt with this uh, uh, pandemic, because it's really important we do that as soon as possible. What I wouldn't want to happen is for there to be, um, you know, live hearings taking place while we're still dealing with uh, this pandemic, including the next phase, which is the vaccine rollout. And the, the vaccine programme is rolling out um, really well, and, and, you know, it does look like things are going very well. But in terms of our communities, Sadiq, you know, Black and Asian communities, there is a there is a nervousness there is a hesitancy i have spoken to a lot particularly older i mean from my my community people who are just a bit nervous about it what's your message to um those communities and do you understand why there is a bit of hesitancy i absolutely understand why there is nervousness and hesitancy amongst black asian minority ethnic uh, londoners and those across the country you've got a part though the anti-vaxxers, the COVID deniers, and the conspiracy theorists. Yes, they are spread misinformation. In my view, we should engage with them. We should engage with them publicly because it gives them the oxygen of publicity and amplifies their messages. So you've got to pop that. But the reality is uh, many members of our community, Black, Asian, minority ethnic, uh, are understandably uh, suspicious of authority. Their experience has been one where in the past and very recently, institutions have let them down. They know about uh, many drug companies testing in, in, in a moral way, in a wrong way, some of their drugs on people of our ethnic origin. And so they're suspicious. And so one of the things that you've got to do is uh, explain to them uh, in an unpatronizing way uh, what regulatory systems are in place to make sure the vaccine is safe. The fact that uh, vaccines over the course of uh, the last few decades have saved millions and millions of lives. Because here's the heartbreaking thing. We could have a double whammy on the one hand, it's black Asian minority communities who are suffering the most disproportionately in relation to catching the virus and the consequences. And on the other hand, they're less likely to receive the vaccine. I sometimes think that some of the government messaging, it's very much going out through the mainstream media. A lot of, you know, our elders in our community, they don't watch, you know, the six o'clock news every night. They watch ZTV, they watch other, other channels. Do you think more needs to be done does the government need to think more kind of laterally and more creatively about how to get the messages out to different set you yeah. know communities i, I want to give matt hancock and, and nadim zahari lots of credit because they've been working with me and working with city hall to make sure uh, government's messaging is now what's called culturally competent you're spot on we've got to make sure the message is one that uh, uh, you know is one that people can relate to but also the mediums that we get the message across is one that is relevant to our diverse communities, whether it's using WhatsApp, using uh, uh, you know uh, the satellite TV channels, using the sort of radio 
that's listened by uh, many of our diverse communities, but also the sort of opinion formers who've got influence. You know, the reality is, and it's not criticism, you know, Boris Johnson is respected in various communities. And if he's the message carrier, that's got the same resonance as, for example, David Attenborough or, or, or Lenny Henry or, or, you know, Adil Ray and so forth. And so, I th and, and, and to give Matt and Nadine credit, they've had the humility, I think, to, to accept that. Yeah. And this is a really good example where we're on the same side. Look, whether you're a Tory or whether you're a Labour, it doesn't matter. We're on the same side here fighting this virus. And so we've got to be using all the tools in our toolkit to get the message across. Because my mum very rarely watches uh, BBC News at 6 or News at 10, even when her boy's on it. Uh, she'll rely on her, 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 you know, GOTV, ARY, you know, stuff, the, the Bollywood yeah. channels, uh, you know, Sunrise Radios. And so we've got to work with those outlets and not be a snob when it comes to using them. I don't know if you saw this video, but I, I thought it was brilliant. It was um, lots of black MPs from across the Labour Party and the Conservative Party. You know, you would never see Kwasi Kwarteng and Diane Abbott sort of coming together, but there they were. I am a Labour MP. I'm a Conservative MP. MPs don't agree all the time. But on taking the vaccination issue, we do. Get the vaccine. Would you like to see more of that kind of working? Oh, spot on. Why don't we work together on mental health? Why don't we work together on social care? Why don't we work together to address the digital inequality we've seen during this pandemic? The standard's got this great campaign in relation to young people's mental ill health. We should be working together on those uh, issues. We've got to work together on recovery. I mean, you know, I've just finished reading John Bew's biography of uh, uh, Clem Attlee. It's called Citizen Clem. And what was remarkable, Aisha, was during the Second World War, Churchill asked Attlee to be in his cabinet. Now, sure, you had some tribal Labour people saying, what are you doing? Those cries we know well of betrayal. For working <laughs> with, for, for, for working with uh, Churchill in the, in, in the war effort. But they also, during the war, were planning for the recovery. And one of the things that I'm lobbying the government to do is, for goodness sake, work with me and work with us to plan for our recovery. Because if, if we're not careful, we could have this awful pandemic leading to the deepest recession we've seen in a generation. What we can't afford to have is go from a health crisis to an economic crisis. And so you're spot on. And, it's, and you know, actually, you know, whether you're a, a Tory politician or a Labour one, the reason why you stand up to be counted is because you want to serve the public. You believe in public service. We may disagree about some of the means, but that's a, that we can discuss that. But we should try and at least agree on the ends. And so I'm looking forward to more of that cross-party work. And it was lovely. You know, who would have thought, and we both love her and admire her, that Diane Abbott would be, in very common sharing a platform, yeah, a, a virtual platform with members of the Conservative cabinet. And it's great. It's great to see. Let's do an ad break now. Remember, you can subscribe to The Leader just by hitting the button on your podcast provider. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. In this second part of the Lockdown Sessions interview with Sadiq Khan, Aisha and the Mayor discuss the mental health crisis being faced by London. If you need help, please call MIND on 0300 123 3393. That's 0300 123 3393. You have spoken out, I think, very briefly for such a senior politician. And I know we say that there isn't stigma around it, but it, I think it was quite a, a, a big moment when you said you yourself were struggling with your own mental health. And I think it really struck a chord because this lockdown really is taking it out of us. You know, I've noticed that when, you know, you ring people for a chat and you say, how are you doing? You don't now get the sort of fake, yeah, everything's great, everything's amazing. Actually, people take a beat and go, you know what, it's kind of tough. How are you finding this one? How are you feeling in yourself? Well, first of all, say it wasn't a political calculation to talk about how I'm feeling and and to be honest I've always tried to be authentic and honest but I've got to make the confession which is uh, you know there are some people who work with me who were a bit nervous because they couldn't think of any example of a politician who's still practicing talking about this issue particularly a bloke uh, it's, it's, I was told it's, it's unusual and it's exceptional and are you sure you're going to do this because normally in, in our leaders we look for strength but I think it's not a weakness to be honest about how you're feeling. I think, you know, I, I was feeling low ebb. I have felt a low ebb. I don't say that I need to be medicalized, um, but I don't want to suffer in silence. And I think how I'm feeling mirrors how our city's been feeling in relation to uh, people who normally have systems in place. It could be exercise, it could be going out, it could be seeing your friends, it could be religion, congregational prayer, and so forth. That provides us with the resilience to function effectively. And all those things were taken away and uh, I was feeling pretty down. And so, you know, I wanna be honest about that because firstly, for blokes of my generation, it's very, very hard to talk about how you feel. Most male politicians are very alpha male. And so, whole sort of things going on, but you know what? People who work with me said, you know what, so you've always been authentic, you've always been honest, go for it. Uh, some people have criticized me, people have tried to say, you know, are you fit to be mayor and stuff, but you know, I think you've got to talk about it because my worry is there is another pandemic around the corner, which is a mental ill health pandemic. I've seen evidence of uh, NHS workers in intensive care units suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. The anxiety, stress, trauma they're suffering. Children in, in our city uh, suffering mental ill health, but not necessarily in need of CAMs or, or GP referrals or inpatients, but in need of diagnosis and proper assistance and advice. But also, Aisha, in our profession, you know, you were involved in politics for a long time. You know, we've got to stop thinking it's a sign of virility, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, being an alpha male, you know, beat, you know, beating your chest and stuff. We've got to be honest about how we're feeling because if, if you and I can be honest about how we're feeling, it may encourage somebody else who is a bit nervous about talking about it coming forward. And 
it's interesting, I spoke to, I interviewed a, a therapist recently, and she said that they're trying to take on as many people as they can. And it's people from all ages and all stages of life, from the CEO who looks like they're invincible to kids who are like 11 years old, who are really feeling it because they're not seeing their friends in real life. She said that when we all come through this, the whole country may have gone through some sort of PTSD at the, uh, at the end of it, which may take time to yeah. really manifest itself. Absolutely. And you saw, you saw what happened post-Second World War in relation to how societies and people were traumatised. There are paramedics, medics, and those who work in hospitals who are seeing stuff that you see in a, a theatre of war. Uh, and it's really important for us to recognise that and plan for how we're going to help them after this is over, but also how to help teachers, how to help those who've been self-isolated. Our children have been taught to avoid bodily contact, avoid giving hugs at all costs. They've been encouraged to cross over to keep themselves physically safe. So how are we going to deal with that going uh, forward? So I'm saying this, this is a good example. When you talked about cross-party working, this is a really good example where you can be working together. You know, the, the standard can hold a ring in London in relation to what happens with young people. And you can bring people together to, in relation to a route map to how we uh, get people's mental ill health back to being mental health. If you get CEOs, yes, receiving help privately, having the confidence provided yeah. by the shareholders and senior board to talk about it publicly, that will really be revolutionary. And just finally, how does the mayor of London look after himself? Yeah, good question. So one of the things is uh, don't suffer in silence, talk about it. I'm really lucky. I live with my wife and two daughters who, and we've got a decent sized home and we're good at talking. Not always the case. I've got six brothers and sister. We don't you didn't normally talk about our feelings when we were growing up. We talked about things, not our feelings. Talking is important. Also, what's important is, is doing stuff. And so it's difficult now during lockdown, uh, but going for a run, doing exercise. We're, we're lucky. We, we got Luna, our dog, three years ago. Uh, little did we know uh, that people would be begging us to borrow her to, to take her for a walk and stuff because it's, uh, you know, it gets you up your bum and leaving your house having to walk Luna. This is great. Zoom calling a mate, uh, you know, really important. Don't forget your friends, particularly those of your mates who live by themselves. Pick up the phone. Don't just write up on text and WhatsApp. Speak to them as well. Really, really important. And also, there's some great TV on. I, I love some of the stuff, you know, I made a story was great last year. Uh, watching stuff on TV is, is great. What, I'm catching what, up. what are you watching at the moment? I, I'm, I'm catching up on lots of live music. So I've been watching concerts. Uh, we've got a follow running machine. So I'm watching, I've watched The Killers live, U2 live. I watched Bruce Springsteen. Like, like Bruce Springsteen concerts are really long, by the way. <laughs> so uh, do you know what I love about this? You are such a centrist dad. I love it. But, but, but I've been getting into new music as well. So Do Loop and Do the album is great. Great tune. Michael Kiwanaku's Mercury Warden album is great. And so listening to music is really important to me. You can't go to the live gigs, but you can relive it. I watched Bowie at Glastonbury. Oh, wow. You know, so there's, there's so much going on. And so one of the things we've got to think about as a city, and I'm really thinking about this hard, is people's leisure activities, shopping activities, and food activities. Food activities, food activities have changed because of COVID. Deliveroo, Uber Eats, Netflix, Amazon, and so forth. The challenge for culture, theatre, cinema, shops, workplaces, leisure, is how we make the experience better 
to encourage people to want to leave their homes. And so, you know, we've got to give you uh, a reason to leave your home. And so that, that's, that's a challenge I think we should relish. And there's a longer version of this interview on the Evening Standard's YouTube page. Just look for the lockdown sessions. And that's the leader. Join us again tomorrow at 4pm.